welcome back. You know I said feeling 22 because that's a Taylor Swift. Isn't that the trend that people are saying 2022? Hashtag feeling 22. Throw oh, back yeah, because te- I, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Yeah, haven't yeah. you seen that? I no, like I haven't that seen it yet. I deleted, the- I deleted TikTok. I'm so far out of what's trendy now. Wow. Yeah. Why did you delete TikTok? Too much of a distraction. It takes up so much time. Yeah, fair enough. So much time. And I was a TikTok creator. You were. <laughs> you were huge. The people are probably wondering what happened to me. They probably they're are. Like, wow. they're, they'll be worried about your mental health. Oh, I was going to say they'll be like, wow, he criticized the CCP on Spotify and did now you? he's gone. Oh, no. Okay, I'm referring to our running sheet, which was the tip from my voice coach from Cambridge, which we'll get onto. Cool. Um, she said to do the running sheet, so I sent it to you earlier today. Yeah. Confirm you received it and you were happy. There were no, no comments. Um, so segment one. I've written, we each talk for five minutes about what's going on with us. <laughs> Life update from me. The YouTube idea I want to run by you. Yeah, I'm not meant to read the running, sh- the, the running sheet. I get it, but I just think it's funny reading it. So people get to know but inside the this, making of a podcast. This isn't on the run sheet, though. Talk about run sheet. Yeah, That okay. should have been item one. Damn it, and we're already... How many minutes? One minute in, and we only have 10 minutes for segment one. Okay, life update for me. I'm getting to it. I want, I want to tell you about the YouTube video because I think it's quite cool. Yeah, and I what just want it? to run it by you. Um, I'm just going to reach over and get the book and not so you can talk because I'm going to be away from the microphone. Okay, which oh, you're reaching that way. Okay. So you've got a new book. I'm back. Yeah, so I'm reading this book, Prisoners of Geography. Yeah. Okay, let me back up. So goals for the year, I've said three. You know that what that book's named after? What? Me and my friend in year eight. Why? We had detention after geography. And you were prisoners. And we were called the Prisoners of Geography. Really? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. That would be quite funny if and... Tim Marshall... And tick, first joke from Neil, <laughs> segment one. What do you think of it? Okay, no, wait, let me back up. So, my goals for the year, which you're not meant to have goals, you're just meant to have intention because, yeah, goals stress you out. But intentions for the year were first, look after my mental health. Second, um, read 100 books. And third, we'll get onto that at a, in a later podcast. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> okay, but onto the one of reading 100 books. So I'm reading these books. I'm sharing about it on YouTube. And 100 is a lot of books to get through, right? It's one book every 3.65 days. Yeah. That's just 365 days divided by 100. <laughs> Sorry. I studied maths. <laughs> um... So it's a lot. Was it right? 101? No, it was 100. It's 100. I made it up. The posters over there where I wrote it on it for the YouTube 100. video. 100. Non fiction books. Non fiction books. So if I want to read a cheeky novel in there, which I probably might, 
um, that doesn't count. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot of reading. Does the Melway count? The Melways? Yeah. Do they still make that? I think I've seen one around my parents' place. I'm not sure which year edition it is. You know that, that like, directory won, like, global awards for how well it was presented? Wow. Okay. We took it for granted. This is my segment. <laughs> you get your um, five minutes. This, this, this is five minutes. But you minutes. didn't know that. That's an interesting fact. Okay. Great. Thanks for the interesting fact. Where this was a feedback from the voice coach, which we're coming on to, that you have to stop interrupting people. But I haven't given that advice. <laughs> no, both of us. Not okay. God, this is. People are just going to switch this off because we're being too people silly. People like got a pen and paper and they're like, no way, <laughs> award winning directory. Yep, great. Okay, so. I've realised some books take longer to get through than others, right? Because this is about reading. So, yeah. Anyway, this book is one that I'm spending ages on, right? 30 pages I spent about five hours because... What? Yeah. Well, because I get very distracted, so that's my problem. But because it's all about... So, backing up, the book is Prisoners of Geography. Okay, I'll tell you more about it in the YouTube video. I do. But basically, it's about all the, the first chapters on Russia, and I'm reading about all these different places in Russia and like this all different rivers and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm spending the whole time on my phone, like looking up where is that river. And why is that funny? I want to understand what's written here. And then it's like, you know, it's talking about, for example, we'll talk about NATO. And then I'm like, hmm, like, which countries are in NATO? And go and look that up and making sure I understand. Or we'll talk about, you know, the Mongols were invading from the south. And then I'm like, wait, but hang on, I need to go back to look at, you know, 500 years ago, which territories the Mongols occupied. Which, yeah, I know, Silk Roads will explain it. But my point is, I really... So then I've also have this Economist article here that is talking about a bit of... It's the little segment in the middle says, Russia can be an empire or a democracy, but it cannot be both. And it's exploring, like, um, you know, what's going on. So what's going on with Russia at the moment with all the troops on the border of Ukraine and... It kind of is going into the history to explain its relationship and this book as well this this section on russia and then it goes and it talks about all different you've read it yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. but so the point is for the video oh my god we're already at seven minutes <laughs> the point is for the video i want to say okay russia here's what's going on in russia using like a bbc article super basic just this is how many troops are at the border this is what's going on with the refugees um in belarus and we talk about kazakhstan as well i just want to keep it simple i just want to say some basic facts this is what's going on i am not an expert on russia obviously but if you want to start understanding this stuff here's some ideas of where you can go and i can explain like i'm re i've just read this first chapter of this book 
and it's on Russia. And these are some of the things I've learned. And I've read this article in The Economist. And here's some of the things I've learned. And this is how me, someone who has no idea, like someone who's aware of, vaguely aware of what's going on like today with, um, with the troops on the border. But even to someone who doesn't even know that's going on, it's like, it's like okay, first of all, why should, is it important to know that's happening? Like, how does it affect you? Okay, it does affect you because you're a taxpayer and you're government likely have if you're in Australia the UK the US military spending right is coming out of your pay packet so it actually directly affects you um but then to say okay here's me admitting like I know nothing about it and then here's what I'm starting to learn and just share a few things and that will be the video but I'm not then I'm putting this book down because I need to smash through a few other books. So I think there's going to be a lot of will autobiographies. You, will you finish that one? I will finish it, but not now. Because I don't want to... I want to give my full attention, right? And I'll actually bring up a lot of the questions it raised. For example, reading it... it and that this is the whole point, right? The more you learn about stuff, and I think this to our topic today, which we'll get on to, which is about... Um, whether male candidates should be cancelled. That was the theme with cancel culture, but it's about quotas. When you start learning about something, it actually, you realise how little you know, and it opens up a million questions. So reading this, I just took a note of all the questions of like, what was China's role in World War II? Or like the Nordstrom gas project, how, like, what does that pipeline look like under the Baltic Sea? Like, I want to see a diagram kind of thing. But it's like, I don't have time to do all that right now, or I'll never get through the books. But it's kind of... Oh, and, like, what, are, what does my Ukrainian friend from Cambridge think about this? Like, note to self. Ask him next time we have a conversation. Like, what do my Russian friends think? That kind of... All those kind of things. But what I will have to do is kind of smash through a few autobiographies. Like Alex Ferguson, the menu yeah. manager. Yeah. Like, read his book, which will be really interesting. I'll learn a lot, but I won't have to be constantly googling it's like where's manchester i already know where it is <laughs> so it's like i can just read about his life do you know what i mean anyway that's my life update what's yours <laughs> so you're gonna do a lot of wikipedia reading too this year from what it says britannica is my preferred. sorry britannica <laughs> well i don't know maybe i won't have time this year because what if this you're reading will... Warney's autobiography and he's like I bowled a flipper and then you're like then do you put the book down and you're like flipper what is a flipper well can you tell me what a flipper is it's the ball that's it, it he would like pitch it short mm. and then he'd suck at the batsman in so they would think that it's gonna like be a sh- like a half tracker it'll bounce up nicely and then they'll be able to mm. smash it away for four mm. but he would like squeeze it out the front of his hand mm. so it would get backspin mm. and then it would land short but it would like the it wouldn't bounce very high and it would skid on mm. so then he'd trap them so they'd go onto the back foot and then he'd go like that and it would skid on and then it would hit them on the pads in front of the stumps there you go incredible I, th- I think he'll explain that he, he probably explains that he probably does actually there's that there's a doco coming out I know there. I saw did you send me the art? I did. You, did you see what I sent you today from him? That yeah, he misspelled. Downing. He misspelled Melbourne. That's why I sent it to you. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he would have been typing quickly. <laughs> I thought the spell check police would come in. Me? Yeah. That's an obvious accident. Actually, that's another question that came out of this book. Yeah. He writes, he uses hyphens a lot. So. Overuses a hyphen. No, no, no. I think it might be something that I'll have to adopt as a language, you know, uh, what's the word? Orthodox on language. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the argument of... Some people spell cooperate with a dash, right? Between the C-O and the O-P. He has a dash in, like, the words ensure, E-N dash, sure. Um, What? There was another one. That can't be There were multiple examples. I think around... He had a dash. Around, like A-R-O-U-N-D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, so around. <laughs> so that's something for me to research. And then I realised he also spelt forever with a space and then without a space. So I'm wondering if it's like... Anyway, whatever. That's really boring for anyone who's not me who loves talking... I don't know anyone else who loves talking about this stuff. Bill Bryson, actually. I'll read a few of his books. I think they'll be, he talks about language. I think they're pretty easy to get through. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. not that I'm trying to cheat out of my resolutions. There will, you know, the 100 books is a lot of books. Yeah. But it's not... For, I'm not going to give up reading after a year. Like, obviously, I'll keep reading yeah. in my life. So, yeah. it's just the focus for the year. Anyway. I, I find non-fiction harder to read than... It requires a lot of focus. Yeah. And it's not necessarily exciting that you want to cuddle up in bed. You know, a really good novel, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, you can't put it down. Yeah. I think, though, autobiographies or memoirs, or you can get really into it. Yeah, yeah, because it was a story of someone's life. Like, I'm reading Noise. Oh, yeah. Daniel Kahneman. Yeah. Some parts of it is yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. like because you've got to pay attention. Really thinking. There's graphs and stuff in the charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, like they do like basic statistics and things like that. But mm-hmm. some aspects of it are like yeah, very hard thinking because they're bringing mm-hmm. up all of these kind of theories that people have spent years developing. Mm. Um, but it's really good. And I'm reading another book, a fiction book, mm-hmm. and that one I'm like, this is awesome. Like flying through it what's the fiction book it's called No Longer Human okay what's it about by a Japanese author mm. uh, it's it's translated translated yeah mm. apparently it's one of the top 10 selling Japanese books of all time mm. but it's quite it's uh, it's it's basically written in the first person and it's mm. a journal of this guy's life cool but he's got depression so mm. it's his experience of having mental health problems it's really well written it's just very it's quite heavy heavy yeah Mm. yeah yeah but it's really good really good but yeah so picking up like noise i'm like oh like i can't read it when i'm going to bed because after two pages i'm like i'm out and then i've forgotten (laughs) what i've read anyway but this one's like a lot easier to read because it's fiction and written in the first person Mm. Yeah, that's why with this today, I sat down with the timer one hour and it was like, I will spend one hour fully focused on this book. Yeah. That's kind of the discipline you have to have to get through more factual based. Yeah, like, absolutely. Or especially that book you're reading is, very, is an academic text. Yeah. 
Oh, as in it's written by academics. academics. Yeah. 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 And then presenting a little research. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Neil, we're at 15 minutes. I so guess I've, we want a life update from you. Not I've my... written you talk about Novak or whatever you want. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Novak. Djokovic. So for our listeners overseas, Melbourne doesn't make the news much globally. And I'm sure it's making... Well, I think it is making the news now. I've seen on my Instagram feed some of the overseas papers I follow have had stories about how Novak was led into the country, then he was told he had to leave, and I think the latest update is he's allowed to stay, and he's come to Melbourne to play in the Oz Open, and it just makes our government look like a shambles. But they still could cancel his visa. I know. Discretionary. Because yeah. they can cancel anyone's visa at any time. So now it's up to the... What is it, the immigration minister? Do you think they'll cancel it or they'll let him stay? I think they'll let him stay. He'll win. He'll win. Have you read his interview with well, the? I read what you sent me. Yeah. I know how. I know how. I know. It's a... I mean, no, I don't know. But that reminded me of a situation I had in the yeah because I've dealt with all this visa stuff so many times and it's terrifying at the the airport their discretion I've been held in the US multiple times for like secondary twice actually for secondary interviewing screens because they didn't because they can just say you're not coming in yeah like uh, well I don't know what it is in Australia but in the US it's full discretion of that officer so if they decide you're not coming in you're not coming in and so Anyway, obviously that's nothing to do with, that was nothing to do with vaccines and whatever. This is a whole different point. But when you read me that transcript, it sounds similar because he's genuinely confused. He's like, yeah, what's exactly. going on? Yeah. And it's four in the morning. Yeah. And he's like, I'm confused. I supplied all the paperwork. And that's kind of, I think that's. And so this, this is the transcript of Novak Djokovic when he arrived at the airport in Melbourne mm-hmm. with a, some kind of border force official. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I sent you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a, yeah, but it's sorry, a joke. can I say I think Melbourne does make international press because of the the fact that we are the sporting capital. So Australian Open, obviously, we're all over the news. Grand Prix, um, the Ashes, well, yeah. just for Commonwealth countries. But in terms of yeah, our government. I mean, it's not really relevant to the rest of the world. No. We're just a small little country. Um, Like the clips that, because I was in the UK kind of mid last year, the the only clips I saw on the news of Melbourne was when they banned drinking, was it? You couldn't drink alcohol outside anymore because everyone had to wear masks. And so it was the Premier and he's like, you can only have coffee and non-alcoholic drinks and you have to put your mask on after you have a sip of your coffee. Like it was, a, it was hilarious that like the leader of like five or six million people was getting up and explaining what those rules were. That made the news in England. Yeah, in like, terms of being ridiculed. Yeah, yeah, ridiculed. And that's what I think is happening now because Novak's in, out, now he's in. I reckon he'll play. Yeah, okay. Well, stay tuned for that. All right. I'll go support him. We are 20 minutes in. So I was going to do a little segment saying, because I thought we need filler. 
<laughs> well, segue segue into the topic is: Do you know another reason why Novak is a controversial figure? Why? So he's anti the vaccine. Mm-hmm. He's. I don't think he's anti the vaccine. I think he's hesitant to get it because. Oh well, he doesn't. But that like he's controversial at the moment for that. He yeah. also has said some like unusual things like he can change the state of matter of like a glass of water using his energy and he's also part of a group that doesn't want female tennis players to get the same amount of prize money as male tennis players huh okay and that's your segue that's the segue in well i was going to say segment two which is written down here is the article from the pope on cancel culture oh yeah you can do that i want to i actually want to hear about that Oh, okay. Well, he just wrote an article because now we are talking about cancel culture. Um, but, sorry, my point about the whole Russia thing was that I've been sidetracked into thinking about, like, big <laughs> things about the world and that's why I was, like, distracted from cancel culture, which is the whole point of this podcast. But I think it still relates because it's the point is we need to have access to information yeah like the books can't be cancelled don't burn the books but um bringing it back to cancel culture the pope warns of dangers so he talked about his his um comments were an address about ideological misinformation about covid vaccines actually and backing national immunization campaigns and calling healthcare a moral obligation so that's that but he's saying there's a crisis of trust in multilateral diplomacy which has led to increases in, which has led to agendas increasingly dictated by a mindset that rejects the natural foundations of humanity and the cultural roots that constitute the identity of many peoples so he's saying for example the vatican saw the whole eu thing to um which suggested not using the word Christmas as an attempt to cancel Europe's Christian roots. It was later withdrawn and he warned of a form of ideological colonisation, one that leaves no room for freedom of expression and is now taking the form of cancel culture invading many circles and public institutions. And he did, yeah, he used the two words cancel culture in his long speech in Italian. He said it's about, yeah, it's particularly prevalent in the US and Britain and it risks cancelling identity under the guise of defending diversity, adding that one-track thinking is taking shape, one constraint to deny history or worse yet, rewrite it in terms of present-day categories. And said... Historical situations must be interpreted in the context of their times and not by today's standards. So, some pretty standard cancer culture stuff. Yeah, from the Pope himself. <laughs> yeah. So, he's a good man. I think a lot of people like it. Yeah. He's a, you know, he he told everyone to stop caring about um, pre-marital sex. He's like, there's more, like, people are dying. Can we not, you know, can we focus on starving people and not yeah. just whether people are having sex out of wedlock? 
And he was People of the Year, I think, from that LGBT magazine. Because he's like a champion of... Well, yeah. Anyway. Okay, that was... We're moving on to the main topic. You, you're on your phone. That yeah, was something from something the voice up. coach. <laughs> okay, so do you want the feedback from the voice coach? Yeah. And then we'll have half an hour on our main segment. So, interestingly, so she used to work in broadcasting. Cambridge, my Cambridge degree, even though we're finished studies, they're still giving us coaching, which is very nice. So cool. if any Cambridge people listening, go and get your money's worth. Um, because it's, I find it so valuable. She was so helpful. Um, but with the podcast, she said, so she used to work in broadcasting. The advice is in an interview you actually you don't speak and it's the same so in for an interview I mean like a recorded conversation the same within a job interview you actually don't need to speak you don't need to say anything when the other person's speaking you let them speak you don't need to say yep or <laughs> yep is something I'm trying not to say but you don't need to say huh interesting yes you can actually just use active listening like non-verbal cues for active listening and I think on a podcast you might be worried like oh but no one can see the non-verbal cues right but that doesn't matter all that matters is that you can tell I'm listening and that I can tell you're listening which I can't when you go on your phone because it's like you're not listening but (laughs) all that matters is me nodding when you're speaking and then but I don't need to say anything because the people listening to this just want to hear what you're saying when you're speaking and vice versa, right? So you just don't. <laughs> okay, you're doing it now. Nodding. Great. <laughs> so, and then when there's a natural pause, you insert yourself. But probably both of us need to get better at not interrupting and waiting to speak. I'm very bad at interrupting. I know. Okay, you can speak. <laughs> okay, now you're just laughing. I'm really... Yeah, no, that's great advice. Thank you for that. I was looking something up in relation to the Pope. Yeah, what did you find? No, it's just... Yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Wrote, he wrote that... Um, he wrote that big... Uh, what's it called? Le, Le Dato C... What's that? Um, it was that encyclical about uh, climate change. I was sent mm, it to you. Mm. Really, really you well written. I just broke my advice immediately. Did you notice? I said, mm. yeah, yep. No, I said, uh, yep, when you start speaking. Okay. Let's get on to our main co- topic after half an hour of not speaking about the topic. The topic's quotas. Both of us are a bit nervous, I think to talk about it because we realised how little we know, which is fine. So let's just, I think, have a re- relaxed conversation about our perspectives coming into it and maybe we change our minds, maybe we can do more research and like learn more and keep the conversation going. But I think it's an interesting place to just... I've got some research I want to share with you, but mm. otherwise I want to hear about why you wanted to talk about it i think it's because the construction mandate and then why your initial view is that you like quotas the construction mandate (laughs) of three percent three percent yes that is yeah 
don't you think that's a, is that a low amount or a good amount this is to have 3% female participation in trades on construction projects in Victoria well my argument is so it's the stick or the carrot right so I think we both want the same thing right we want to encourage more people more women into jobs where they might want to work but there are hurdles yeah and yeah that's me agreeing yeah and so pause and so sorry i'm just getting some stats in on um something i want to talk to you about which is about at universities so women in commerce okay that's why i'm distracted Sorry, I accused you of being on your phone and now I'm on my phone. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. So we agree. It's like, how do you get more women into industries where they want to go in to, but they're not going into for some reason? And I think it's an argument of the stick versus the carrot. So you can force, you can force it with quotas, like mandating something. Or you can use a carrot to encourage businesses to do what's in their best interest, right? Which is hire the best talent. So I'll be arguing for the carrot approach, how to encourage women to go into that field, which has already worked in lots of other fields like law or um, the medical profession or universities now right like before you didn't have women at university like you literally had zero women because they weren't allowed to go to university something that we've become really familiar with at oxford at um cambridge because you can see <laughs> sorry i just made it both of them but i mean because you can see like oh there's an all women's college that was set up in this year because it's like, oh, why is that? Oh, because before that, like, women weren't allowed. And then when they were allowed, they had to go to this one specific college. So it's like, okay. and But now women are overrepresented in universities. So it's like, but there weren't quotas, right? So it's like, that's happened naturally. So that's what I'll be saying. But you're, you're saying... That's happened naturally over... A over a long time. It long takes longer. time, yeah. But, you know, when I was a kid, this is a bit of a side note, I thought it was the carrot and the stick. And I thought it was like, you know, cartoons where you see a stick tied to the top of like a donkey's head with a carrot dangling around <laughs> and they keep walking. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's more the carrot because it's like an incentive, but it's an incentive they'll never get. That's so funny. Do you know my grandpa rode to school on a pony and literally had to use a carrot? like that to really? get it to go really in, yeah in um out near Warnable. cool mm. that's pretty cool mm. okay so sorry i totally Grand, grandparents stories grandparents stories about how they used to get to school crack me up it's so interesting my granddad's like you know i had to walk to school every day and it was uphill both ways uphill there and uphill back you got that on the tiktok no it's a joke it's like an old joke yeah okay was it on tiktok TikTok. yeah a lot of recycled material on tiktok yeah okay back to it yeah your argument what what's my argument well i thought are we talking about quotas in 
business quotas oh, oh yeah so, so I, that's quotas important. in I think, politics no not in politics so that was funny when i went to start researching and then i realized actually why don't i just talk about my experience in finance and you can talk about your experience in construction because, yeah and then i'll mention a few stats but otherwise we can just talk about our experiences um i started listening i grew i put into spotify like gender equality listen to the first podcast this is so funny it was like these students at lse being like this person is studying political science at lse and he's written a paper on quotas and whatever and then he's like the findings of my paper are so this is like you doing a podcast on the dissertation you just wrote (laughs) and just reading it out and but they were talking about politics so they're like gender equality like quotas up but honestly it sounded to me like okay this is someone's written something that the professor's gonna love because we know what a university's views on this is going to be because they tend to be pretty one-sided places which is not an opinion that's just you can look at voting preferences of professors and figure that out from the data um and it sounded like something he'd written to just make the university very happy. Oh, maybe he believes that. Maybe yeah. he's being fed this well, stuff. What was his? What were his findings? I just couldn't be bothered listening to me. Uh, what do you like, think? What do you think about quotas in politics? Well, so I think that's a different. I think that's a whole different topic, right? Because politics is to do with. This is why I want to read like the books you gave me, and also read you know like Wealth of Nations and on liberty and the communist manifesto and learn about all the philosophical thinking about how to run a country how to run a you know all of these ideas and what capitalism means and why democracy is the best system but it's still not a very good system and what and maybe that's could be a choice right when you're setting up a society because we choose how the society is set up right that's like flexible we choose how to arrange ourselves you as part of that could choose okay i mean you do right with the senate we have representatives from every state and it's not reflective of the population right because in the lower house it is reflective of the population but then you have the upper house and you say we're having two people from this state so you could decide like that's like an arbitrary thing tomorrow you could change it and say no now we want to have two people from the construction industry two people you know you couldn't mm. change it that's just a random thing i came up with <laughs> but, but do you know what i mean you could make it whatever you want you could say we need to have equally represented the racial groups and probably there are plenty of examples of countries that do right where there's like i don't know about race oh maybe where there's I a minority know. in the country and they need to be represented oh i don't know right you could design it however way you want and you could design it saying we want women to be running the country equally to men i think that's a different point i think that's totally different argument and that would be interesting because there's lots of examples on that yeah in norway and whatever because there are countries that do have gender quotas in their um, political systems yes i think germany does india does does norway i don't know so i think that's a separate argument i think that's a separate conversation but i think we should just talk about businesses okay in terms of accepting the framework we have which is that 
in this society where you have the private sector and businesses are there to make a profit to deliver it to their shareholders and the shareholders as we've talked about in a pre or whatever i think i talked about in a youtube video it's like the shareholders are us like that's our pension money because oh yeah we talked about it here because it's compulsory to have you know pay money for superannuation or pension or whatever yeah and you that money is then invested in companies so it's like those companies are earning money for us that's how it's set up if you have a problem with that that's a different conversation but so let's just go with that so then those companies they're working hard for us we want to make sure they have a hiring the best talent right you don't want them to be run by like a bunch of idiots when there's capable people out there who could be running it so that's what i think we should talk about is just businesses focus on businesses and i will just mention the thing on universities because that's what feeds through businesses right but by businesses do you mean just board members or do you mean no the whole company yeah. the whole company so the whole construction so you work in the construction construction sector you can talk about that like you want the best people working for you managing so you're building the metro tunnel oh am i not going to say that (laughs) okay there's like a million companies on that (laughs) your face okay whatever you're involved we can cut that out you're involved in a big construction project that serves the interests of everyone who lives in this city which is five million people and it's our money well yeah it matters right anyone who pays taxes that it affects them so who do we want running this project we want the best people we don't want just anyone (laughs) but don't you want the best do you want the best team or the best people both you just want the most effective organization yeah don't aren't more diverse groups of people better performing I would have to see. Have you got studies on that? I'll look it up. I have heard that. I don't have. Uh, I can. Okay, but regardless of that, I'm just talking. I just want to talk about talent, hiring talent. Hiring talent, yep. So, my argument. Okay, so according to CIO.com. Okay, I'll just look at Harvard Business Review. Diverse teams are smarter. Okay, but diversity, there's a lot of different ways to achieve diversity, right? Well, so then this is my... Tell me your argument on quotas. Gender's a pretty easy one. No, I was going to talk about in politics. Oh, well, we just don't... Because <laughs> you're like, no. Nah. Not prepared. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the construction quota. Of 3%. Yeah. That it should be higher or lower. Well, I'm saying there shouldn't be a quota. There shouldn't be a quota. No. Even if it's... I a, don't agree Even if it's quotas. only 3%. Yes, no quotas. I don't believe in the government forcing you to do stuff and more regulation. Because... And this is one study I've read from The Economist 10 years on. This was written a couple of years ago, 10 years after Norway implemented quotas. Yeah. It just didn't 
work. Nothing changed. It did not help women lower. So they implemented quotas for boards and the idea was it will help women at the bottom. It had no change on women at the bottom. The idea is like when you change the women at the top, right? You change the women at the bottom. The evidence is inconclusive. So a lot of people use the argument that if you look at the most successful companies, they're run, they have a higher portion of women, right? That is what we want to teach on this podcast. Critical thinking. Causation versus correlation. There is no evidence that that is causation. How are you supposed to measure that's causation? So what that means is you actually don't know which came first. Maybe because the organisation is successful, it means they have more ability to um, hire more women and promote diversity, right? You actually don't know if the women caused it or if it was already like that. And they're doing they're doing studies on this. So they looked at that 10 years after the Norway thing and did decision-making change? Yes, and that's important. When you're more diverse, the decision-making changes. But did the decisions... So the way the decision making changed, but did the decisions change? No, the decisions actually didn't change. So they still, for example, the example they used was firing people. People had this idea that when women come in, like less people will be fired. And that just, I mean, that just assumes that all women think the same, which is totally wrong. Mm. And the evidence showed that that actually didn't change. Those types of decisions weren't like decreased and then in terms of whether the company so how to actually measure whether a company improved by more women on the board for some companies after the quota after 10 years yes it did improve for other companies performance was worse and then for other companies there were no there was no effect so mm-hmm. it's just inconclusive so my argument is So my argument is that quotas have no regard for merit. I think you should be hiring the best candidates. Um, They have no regard for personal preference. I think people should be able to choose what they work in, what job they work in. So you shouldn't force like teaching for example primary teaching to be 50 50 male female a lot of like it's hard to get that many men who actually want to go into that job mm. or you know um child care so child care or nursing or whatever right but i think absolutely if you want to work in nursing as a man you should not face any stigma i think there's still stigmas yeah, right yeah so definitely get rid of them so then would a quota help then if there's more no i don't think it guys helps. there because then guys will be like oh there's more men there i'm gonna become a nurse i don't think it helps i think there's better ways to help it so i think gender neutral screening is a really good way how does that work? For CVs, blind CVs. Blind CVs, okay. Yeah, which is important for not only gender, but also... Um, race. Race. Um, there's something to do with middle names. There's some study that it's like if you put yeah. like a middle initial, it's like you look whatever. So it's like totally remove that, which we've already, by the way, we've removed photos. Other countries, I couldn't believe it. Other countries still have a thing where they send their photo in. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> I 
definitely seen CVs with photos. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's got to go. Don't do that. But then even... um, Yeah, there's this whole new... And you can do it, right, with computers and everything. So it's screening and the names removed. and So that's important because those biases definitely, definitely exist. Or just get a computer to do it. Well, I think they do that in a lot of cases. That's why you need to know what keywords. Oh no, to but use. then there's inbuilt biases because all the data that they use for those algorithms are based on. Well, are made by people. Yeah, made by people. Yeah. What's? <laughs> for my water. Okay, but so paternity leave is a huge one for me. That's how you help. That's how you remove. Um, that kind of discrimination in the workplace about women, like they're going to leave. Maternity and paternity. But paternity leave is very important. Yeah. So it's seen that both men and women share the responsibilities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But here's my argument on that is preferences, right? I think parents should be... When you've removed all stigmas, everyone knows, like, it's totally cool to have the husband at home or whatever not even husband they don't have to be married whatever you want like removed all stigmas let's just say we're in a perfect society no more stigmas um what if in more couples still more women choose to stay at home isn't that fine like say we're in a perfect world where everyone has the choice so like yeah. and men and women both get the same um, benefits. Yeah. And in Sweden, they did this in a really good way. There's a really interesting study on how they've um, kept their birth rate good, which is a problem for a lot of countries in the West. And they have done it through, they think paternity leave is one of the major reasons because men are there's some system set up with an incentive for men that an incentive is so strong that basically like if the women the woman takes maternity leave you get this amount of time but if both the man and the woman take um the leave you get like even more yeah does that make sense yeah 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 so it's like you're crazy to not do it it's like you're losing and it's like actual money yeah. that you are missing out on. So then they saw all these men take paternity leave and that is the thing that's helped women so much. Um, and then so therefore more working women decide to have children and then that increases the birth rate. That's one example. There are other examples of how to do it. Like Israel has fully government funding IVF unlimited. So it's like... And that's also to do with... Yeah, other reasons of continuing the Jewish race and and that's similar in France there's like so much pride around being French and but the childcare is funded so yeah. there's lots of different ways to do it so yeah. that that's yeah. another way to help women help make childcare yeah childcare yeah childcare is sure. so expensive so it's yeah. like people can't actually afford to so that's in Australia and I think the UK has similar issues people cannot afford to both work yeah. because childcare it's like so expensive it's the same as one of person's salary in yeah. some cases yeah so these are all things I think getting rid of the stigmas f- 
for taking paternity leave is a big one too. Yeah, but and you do that through incentives, right? It's literally like free money from the government or from whatever from the company, ideally from the company. Yeah. Um, and so then you'd be crazy to not take it, and you actually. But some see people it. still don't. Well, uh, interestingly, where I worked in uh, New York, they there's no government maternity leave. There's no mandated. There's only eight countries in the world. The US is one of them that does not have a mandate for maternity leave. So yeah, if you're in a yeah. minimum wage job, have your baby on the weekend because you've got to go back to work to be able to like afford your baby. Like it's crazy. Um, but the company I was at, it was like groundbreaking, 16 weeks, like so groundbreaking. And it was parental leave. So for either person, either parent, as long as one of them the other one is working, right? And suddenly I watched the it change. There was a big stigma because a lot of the women were having babies at the time I joined and there were these comments like um, classic women, like, do, do you reckon she, she already knew she was pregnant before she got the job? Yeah, so she just yeah. got her to get yeah. the benefit, that kind of stuff. And then overnight it changed because all the men, suddenly all the men were got. It's like, where's... Whoever, oh, he's gone. He's on paternity leave. And so all those comments about women disappear because it's, oh, it's like, oh, everyone makes, everyone takes it. And actually I was in the te- in a Texas office in Houston and this like cow, like literally cowboy boot wearing like Texan was like taking holidays as socialist, like, you know, yelling at me for taking holidays. It's like you shouldn't ever take a day off because you're hurting the company. Like, yeah. That's how extreme yeah. they are. And then even though it's like, mm, holidays actually help productivity. Um, but he was like, oh yeah, but this paternity thing, yeah, I'm going to take, I wish I could do a text accent. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. Like, that would be crazy not to take it. It's like, yeah, so someone who even thinks like... That's interesting because it's, I've, I've it's like worked with people and worked in organisations where that's not the case hmm. where for men they don't it's it's, cha- it's changed since I started working mm. but people didn't want it yeah. didn't want, even if it was up for grabs from the company or they would go oh I'm going to take it after a year I'm going to mm. take it down the, like later and then they never do well that's not good no like that, and that's the but stuff that sti- needs to be stigma changed there's stigma around it there's definite stigma stigma around it because it's like oh so-and-so's taking the whatever 12 weeks parental leave mm. like he's piking out yeah but no he has a he bought a child brought a child no no i'm I, i'm saying that yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. i'm just saying my that's when i started thing. my experience was different it's changing but even still yeah like worked with guys who have a kid and the next day they're at the office and then they're whinging they're like oh I'm not getting enough sleep and you're like mate like what about your partner mm. <laughs> yeah. and interestingly that was what a lot of people said about the lockdown people like friends of mine who've had new babies it's like oh the they actually got to spend time with the baby which yeah. is so unusual yeah in normal times yeah um okay but I want to read you I want to read you this what if this is some research, right? 
there is research that has come out that when you reduce these stigmas, right, and you this is looking at the most equal countries where they men and women are the most equal out of every everywhere in the world. So obviously you have varying degrees of this and some countries are terrible, like women aren't allowed to drive or go to university or whatever. And then you have countries that are way ahead and looking at those countries that are most equal, they've actually found that women are less inclined to do these jobs. Which jobs? Sorry, do jobs that are traditionally male-dominated and vice versa. Okay. So what do you think about that? But what types of jobs? So STEM is the example used. Okay. In Scandinavia, actually less. They're finding it has no improvement or negative improvement. Like women are not... And this is... So this is the data I got. negative improvement? <laughs> Is that like, like <laughs> this is this is the this is the data I got that kind of relates, and I'm interested to hear what you think about this. So on my preference point, at because I've been interested in finance, and now I think we're going to run out of time to talk about this, but that's fine. I've been interested in finance why it's different in Australia because in Europe, in my so I did investment banking, people think that's true. People think that's male dominated in Australia. It is. At high levels, it definitely is. In the US, it was as well. But in Europe, it actually wasn't. It was it was 50-50, right? At the bottom. Not at the top. That's different. Let's just talk about the bottom. It was 50-50. So I'm like, hang on a sec. Why? And they were European women from like France, Russia, Portugal, Spain. So I was like, okay, these... Why is there no problem here? Right, women are choosing to do this by their own preference. There were no quotas; they're choosing to do that. But in Australia, it's not happening. So it's like, why? Why would that be? And then I, and that was the same in my Cambridge course, right? Finance. There are fewer women, but when you break it down by regions, by races, or just countries, you look at, for example, China. Chinese women outnumber that the men by a lot. So there's no problem with Chinese women doing finance. So why is there a problem with Australian doing women doing finance or British women doing mm. finance or American women? And here, and it's like, okay, a company I used to work for here, cause it's like, how can we get more women into this? Like, it doesn't make sense. And when the applications would come out for a junior position, like internal analyst, it's like, how many women have applied? Less than 5%. Like they can't hire women because there's just no women applying. You need to choose the best people. Like it's very competitive. Even if you do all the gender bias, uh, like the removing their names from the CV, it's like, you're still, it's like 5% is nothing. Mm. So I'm like, okay, what's the problem? This is something going on at university. Why are these people not applying for this job? And so I was interested in the stats in commerce of what percentage men and women do commerce because in Australia still in other parts of the world it's different um you can study whatever like in the US you study whatever if you're super bright you can go into whatever job and that's the same in the UK they just want bright people they train you on the job so 
you study French, you can go to banking. You study medieval history, you can go into banking, right? It doesn't matter. But here it's more vocational. So it's like people come out of a commerce degree. Looking at commerce, it is pretty much 50-50 male women at the moment, men, women. So it's like, okay, but let's look further into the statistics with Aussies. It is only 30% female. With ethnic Chinese, it is 75% female. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, huh, what is going on there? And then with, because they're trying to solve this problem, right? They don't want, so then they look at it and what they found is it's the maths requirement to get into commerce you need to have done maths methods in year 12, which is a, a math subject here in Australia that's optional, and less women take that maths subject. So therefore, they can't get into commerce and therefore they're less likely to end up in this. Because I found it interesting, like, why has law evened out? Um, why have other things, you know, even like marketing or advertising, right? 50 years ago, Mad Max... What's that? Mad, Mad Max. Mad, Mad, Mad Man. Mad, Man. <laughs> Mad oh, Max, that's different. So, because of high school subject selection, that impacts how many people can apply for, like, a junior analyst role? I think so. Interesting. And that explains why it's... Le- it doesn't explain the whole story, right? Because in the US, I was saying, you can study whatever and end up in finance. But they still have, it's still a big boys club. And that's what I was so interested to talk to you about. But maybe we have to do another episode on it because I was going to tell you all about like the strip clubs, cocaine in the office, like all this stuff that went on. Um, But we've already spoken for an hour. I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you started a company Mm. and for whatever reason, you chose everyone on who's on the board. Mm. But I said to you, I'm the government of the country living. You have to make a 50-50 quota, male, mm. female. Mm. But you get to pick the best candidates. Mm. But half of them are women, half of them are men. Mm. Would you still start that company? No, I'd probably move to a country with less even if Even if they were the best what if I wanted? What if I wanted 90% women? Or what if I wanted 90% men? No, no, that's the quota. It's 50-50. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't like that. But they're, but they're the best. Like, you get to pick the best candidates. What is... I don't need a board on my company. I work for myself. <laughs> Why don't no. you want the best candidates? Men and women. But you're just talking about the board. The board's just oversight. If you're talking about management, that's different. And management. The whole company has to be 50-50. And I There's get, 100 of them and they're the best. You get to pick the 50 best women, the 50 best men. But it's what you're saying as well. It comes down to teams, right? So would you do it though? But the best people doesn't necessarily mean the best teams. No, I'm That's saying you get to pick the 50 best women, the 50 best men. No, but I'm saying that doesn't mean they're going to work together the best. How do you create the best team? I don't think it's made up of the best people. So then you, what would you do? What if it ended up being 90% men, 10% women? I think preferences are important. And 
and by the way, I'm saying this as someone who, because this whole argument I'm reading, right, is about um, the differences between men and women in terms of factors like how incarceration rates are 15 to 1 for men and women, right? Because men are more, men commit more crime, men are more aggressive than women. Like, that's a fact. And I am more aggressive than most women. <laughs> like, so I'm not saying it in like, men and women are different, it's black and white. Like, I know it's two bell curves, right? That overlap. So, yes, you have. Here's an example uh, with agreeableness. If you picked um, two people, a man and a woman, and you said this woman is more is less agreeable than the man, you would be right 40% of the time. So it's not a massive difference, right? It's not like every woman is more agreeable than men. So agreeableness means like less agreeable means you're more competitive, you're more this kind of stuff. Like you're like this, being willing to enter a debate. Like a lot of people don't like having debates at all, like full stop. They don't want to have been in a situation where they disagree with people. They no. they like, you know, being, you know, like my mom, she hates it when we start at the dinner table all like talking about something like this. She doesn't want to be she do, she's not interested in it. So and she doesn't want to hear like people disagreeing. Whereas I am less agreeable, right? So if you picked me out of the crowd, yeah, you it would be the other way around, right? So I am less agreeable. So that's just agreeableness. But with aggra- uh, with aggressiveness, if you have 100 people and you pick out the most aggressive person, if you keep doing that from random samples, you it will be like, and you take all those people and put them in a room. <laughs> okay, so you have 100 people here, yeah, 100 people there, 100 yeah. people. You pick the one percentile, the most aggressive, yeah. put them all in a room, that room's going to be full of men, right? It is very rare to find a sample of 100 people and the most aggressive out of them is female. So the differences are at the extremes, right? But when you're talking about something like um, computer science, you know, the top like computer scientists at Google or whatever, the top people who have studied at MIT and then gone on to do that, they're an extreme. They are a, a like, massive extreme in terms of how how skilled they are at that one particular skill huh how aggressive they are like that and you're laughing because it's likely from what we know they're probably not very aggressive (laughs) right (laughs) like no one's picturing a really like burly computer scientist guy but that's just it's like oh my god am i gonna be cancelled by saying like computer scientists are less aggressive it's just a it just I don't know. Whatever. But I'm not saying like someone who's... So so <laughs> you think... So are you against gender quotas in businesses because it's the government telling the business what to do? No, because I don't think it's the best way to have the most effective organisations. And I think in some instances, for example, what do you need like a really aggressive person for? Job for? Like bouncers or something? 
most bouncers are probably going to be men. And I don't think that's a problem. I don't think we should advocate 50-50 male-female bouncers. Do you? Or maybe, okay, that's not a good example. What's a good example? I don't know. Like nurses, I don't think we need 50% male nurses. I do think men should feel part of the workplace if they are a nurse. And same with women in underrepresented fields. But yeah, I think there's some fields where it doesn't make sense. Like finance, it makes no sense. There's no like super... It's not the same as um, computer science. In, or... In terms of... What do you mean it's not the same? Well, I think... <sighs> this is complicated. I need to be careful what I say because people get very upset about things like this. But I think in some specific areas... Okay, here's an example. I studied maths. In my final year of maths, there were fewer women in the class than there were men with green hair. Yeah, so, so that, but that, I think that was really interesting about the high school thing. Yeah. So do you think that there should be... So you're saying that high schools need quotas for children no. on what subjects they No. Do, and that's your solution? No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're children. They can't even vote. <laughs> I'm saying preferences. I'm saying with finance, you can look to, at other countries of like, why is this pro- the problem? And that I think it would be interesting for me to tell you about some of my experiences with no. like boys club, whatever. Yeah. But you can look at other countries like, okay, France, for example, like we're not that different from there. How have they, like they don't have a problem. Do you think it's... but At the but, junior level. Yeah, because if it, if it goes back to what people are choosing in high school, I think that's really interesting because that seems like a s- smaller change you can make where you can like make it, like, I don't know, how incentivize for more young women to study maths and then you can go because you have to do maths to get into commerce and if you want to get into banking you have to do in australia you have to do a commerce degree no so my solution is not that my solution is we should have it what it is in the uk and what it is in the us this is a separate point universities for studying whatever you want like whatever you're interested in go and study it's to get an education it's to learn how to think it's to learn critical thinking problem solving and then work in any job this is not talking about nursing or something that's a you're talking about i'm talking about in banking in law in uh, so sorry law is different because you have to do that qualification but banking any kind of random the, office job yeah because you it, don't need to learn you get training you have intensive training when it, you join because in like because i know people that studied engineering i'm just thinking about it now but mm. that work in consulting mm. but you have to do maths to get into engineering as well right yeah, but that makes sense. You're building buildings. No, no, I know, but I'm saying oh. that I'm saying that con- consulting companies yeah. have chosen someone who's done engineering because they're like, wow, this person will think differently to someone who's done commerce yeah. or a business degree, yeah. but it's still the same problem because in order to get into that engineering, you need to do maths. But it's not the same problem in consulting. They don't have a problem at the bottom levels with gender. Oh, okay. But so, no, for for bank. Uh, but I'm, uh, you're so talking about that's what I'm saying. Every like consulting bank banking here should be like, um, and it is becoming this way where you do. I don't understand why an arts degree is laughed at here. 
It's the opposite in the UK. A business degree is laughed at because it's like a fake degree. Like I studied finance at Cambridge. They don't even accept, you know, I wasn't even allowed to get the Cambridge Australia scholarship because they don't acknowledge judge. Really? Yeah, because it's like this new, like finance yeah. isn't a traditional thing. Yeah. So in the UK, it's like you study PPE. That's what all the politicians have done. Like studying arts means you're at a top institution means you're like, the brightest, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, people have this joke about people who do arts as if you can't get a job, which is totally rubbish. If you do an arts degree from Melbourne Uni, that's the best uni in the country. And you've just spent three years learning history, philosophy, politics, whatever you're learning. It's, you know, you can go and get any job and then you're trained in the job. Like they just need bright people. That's what I think should change. So, so you want quotas for people, different degree types? No. That could work. Pe- no. People study whatever they want. Pe- I studied maths because I like maths. And then I ended up working in finance with no... I'd never studied finance. Then I ended up studying finance, but only because I had a mental breakdown. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but I'd never the whole time... And now I'm not working in finance. And it's yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. Why do I... Like, now I just want to read books people like oh are you qualified to read books yeah because i know how to read like i'm allowed you know everyone should feel free how are people meant to know what they want to do at 18 i think that's crazy also i much prefer the model and i'm not talking about pricing because i know in the u.s US, you can't do medicine undergrad you can't do law undergrad because how are you supposed to know and then it's more like a vocation people decide people and yeah that's why i moved to new york when i finished uni because i was like oh my god if you have studied maths and engineering everyone wants to hire you because they think you're bright yeah um whereas here it's like oh engineering you have to be an engineer or yeah but i think that's changing as you said consulting Mm. firms hiring engineers i think it should just be everyone study what you want yeah but that i mean that's a whole that's a whole nother topic but yeah, I, it, and that's enough with the math thing. It's interesting because that's the argument for single sex schools. Cause women, cause apparently there's research that says women are more likely to do maths and physics and things when they're in a single sex yeah, school, because okay. they're not as aware of how male dominated it is. And yeah, that's okay. I did physics. It was like a very small portion of yeah. a school that did physics. Yeah. And I think I was kind of aware that at boys schools they have five classes of physics and we only had one but yet isn't that allowed like can't we have preferences i don't think i was conscious that it was like oh i'm choosing something unpopular i just wanted to do like unpopular amongst women or whatever yeah do you know what i mean i just did it because i wanted to do it and i assume everyone else who did it was just for the same reason it. yeah it yeah. wasn't because they were like men shouting us on the street of like you can't do physics because the patriarchy do you know what i mean no i do yeah yeah but so if girls young girls don't want to do physics isn't that okay yeah it's fine yeah so preferences are okay yeah but and then you have to realize that will translate then into engineering you'll have less You'll have less female engineers because if women at a young age are, you know, having preferences, and isn't that okay? I'm saying it's okay as long as people like me who then did maths 
aren't discouraged from doing it because they're the only ones, like because they're a minority. Yeah, okay. And yeah. maybe, and I'm sure that is the case that some people do want to do science, but they feel like, and that's the case, and that's the thing at a co-ed school that you're more aware because it's like, oh my God, no, that's a boy subject. I can't do it. Whereas if you're at a single sex school, you're less aware of that. But then do you think that it will influence young like kids' preferences if they see more person of their gender mm. working in a role? Yeah. So that's what I so would you... like to do is to go to schools and tell people, like, go and yeah. do finance, go and do maths if you want to. And yeah. that's helpful. Like the So that was an interesting thing for Yarra Tramps when they realised we have a problem with we don't have any female drivers. They had put an ad out that was like, we're looking for tram drivers and had a photo of a woman. Like the ad was a woman driving a tram. And then they had all like way more female applicants than they've ever had just because people saw that. So that's the type of thing I'm super pro on is like having, yeah, that's a way to encourage more women, right? Yeah. Without, that's the So then the if carrot. you had like a quota on tram drivers, then when someone gets on the tram, they're like, hey... No quotas. You can do it through the advertising. You didn't have to use a quota. Two things can work at the same time. The quota's like speeding up the process. Yeah, but my argument is quotas harm harm women. And that's what I was going to get onto. But... Think we've gone too long. We've gone too far. We've got it all. We're, late for, the, we're was... late for the Christmas party. Oh my god, we're late <laughs> for the Christmas party. I had a funny joke to make about the Christmas party. Make the joke. I can't remember. But yeah, we're going on our Christmas party for the podcast. <laughs> um, but no. So just wrapping it up. I think. I think. I reckon this is a controversial take, mm. and a lot of our fans will get very upset about this. Mm. But the negative effect of quotas is mm. actually a positive effect for some individuals. Like the negative effect of like no. having like quotas in different jobs is like men miss out on those jobs to a woman and then they become Jordan Peterson fans. What? <laughs> okay, but I Alice. was saying it's negative like to me because people say you're that was a joke you're only in the role because you're a woman yeah yeah that's the thing and then I have plenty of stories about that but we've run out of time but this is what I was going to say isn't this like we can just record our conversations I think think it's great yeah we can stop advertising it because we're like this is just us if we didn't have the Christmas party this could be a two hour long episode I know except that Guess what? Oh yeah, I really need to <laughs> That's what I thought of because what did you buy me for Christmas? <laughs> shout out to the... Can I say it? Yeah. Shout out to the Shiwi. <laughs> Not that I've ever used one. But oh. Just because I talk about needing to go to the toilet constantly. I got, I it, off, I got it off Gumtree as well. That's disgusting. That's okay. <laughs> Signing out. See you next week. <laughs>